Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast, presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. We'll get you ready for the top high school football games in Lee and Collier Counties each week with our analysis and predictions. Here are your hosts, the News Press's Adam Regan and the Naples Daily News' Adam Fisher. Hello everyone, once again, and welcome back into the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. I am Adam Fisher of the Naples Daily News, joined as always by Adam Regan of the Fort Myers News Press and our delightful producer, Andrea Melendez. Adam, it's playoff time. Every single game we're about to talk about is playoffs. It's here. I'm excited. How jazzed up are you? Playoffs? 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 We can, I can't even win a game here. Yeah, <laughs> it's... It's playoff time. Uh, it's a weird playoff time, man. I can't even keep track of the forfeits and who's playing, who's not playing, who's got the better draw, but we're going to talk about it all on the podcast. But first, I think we're going to recap a wild week 10. It was a very exciting week 10, a very exciting a week of regular season finales for these teams, and not a lot of defense to be found. I, I guess in your game, you Speak were for yourself. Were. But I saw a lot of points scored, and mine was, wasn't even half of what other teams scored. So let's talk about it first. One team in Collier, one team in Lee, both finished undefeated in the regular season. Palmetto Ridge storms back to beat Bishop Verreau 28-24, their first ever undefeated regular season. North Fort Myers, they kind of were controlled most of the way, but it was closer 24-14 to 14 over Cypress Lake. North Fort Myers, this is their fourth undefeated season. Is that yep. correct? 17th Lee County team to do it. Gotcha. So my favorite question to ask people about anything, who would win in a fight? Palmetto Ridge, North Fort Myers, who wins in a fight? We're never going to know unless they play in the regional final. Yes, and that would require one of them getting past Miami Central, correct? They're on different sides of that bracket. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. COVID could happen. Well, we were talking off mic about that. Just uh, as wild as it's already been with the cancellations and the infections, it could, but we'll talk about that more in the next segment. But yeah, so tell me, who, who do you think the better team is? North Fort Myers or maybe who's better situated going into the playoffs? Just talk about what you want to talk about. Better situated going into the playoffs is Palmetto Ridge. Mm-hmm. I think they've got a better draw. They play Port Charlotte. Port Charlotte this week. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. Charlotte's probably going to be East Lee County, so they're going to have to run the table in Charlotte. But I think that's a lot easier than North Fort Myers, who right out the gate has to go to Staver Field, where you know it's a you know the Death Star basically of Collier right. County. That's going to be really tough. North uh, hasn't had good luck there a couple of years ago, so I think that Palmetto Ridge has the better road to get to possibly a regional final, state semifinal, and I think the Palmetto Ridge is the more complete team because of their offensive firepower. North Fort Myers, I would argue that North Fort Myers' defense is better than Palmetto Ridge's. Uh, Yeah, it's close. We've talked about those two teams all year about who has the best defense. And again, I don't want to start previewing playoffs yet, but I am intrigued to see what that – they can do against Naples because Naples has a very good defense. North Fort Myers I'm talking about. But North Fort Myers, their offense, is, we, we've kind of talked about it. It's kind of been a weak spot at times. Yeah, they, they're they kind of one-dimensional. They want to pound it down teams' throats, which is fine, and they wear teams down, and it's happened every single game this season. So who's to say it wouldn't happen against Palmetto Ridge in a, in a fight, as you would call it, but we'll never know until they play in a regional final. But Palmetto Ridge... Gets the big win of the week, beating Bishop Vero, who talked a lot going into this game. They wanted this game. They wanted all that smoke. They went up 21-0 in that game 
and they did not finish. 21 nothing in less than eight minutes. I mean, this was stunning. They're a great um, team, yeah. Yeah, but when you think about it, Palmetto Ridge really killed themselves. They lose a fumble on their very first play in their own territory. The next possession for Bishop Rowe, they drive the field, score a touchdown. Palmetto Ridge, they throw an interception. That's returned for a touchdown. So Palmetto Ridge's defense gave up two touchdowns in the opening minutes, and then that was it. Then they outscored Bishop Rowe 28-3 the rest of the way. Uh, again, as we've seen teams do against Palmetto Ridge defense, they moved the ball pretty well. Bishop Rowe did through the air, but they just couldn't get – you know, into the end zone, which, um, you know, that's kind of been Palmetto Ridge's MO recently when they played these really good passing attack teams. Yeah. Bishop Verreau, I think they should be proud of the way their season went. They lost a couple games, but they played an incredible schedule. I'm not, I'm not sure that their combined losses came against teams who had more than two losses on the season, two, three losses, maybe. So they're primed for the postseason in four a, and they're looking for that, rematch with Shamanah Madonna in a state semifinal and I think the bracket sets up really well for them so having played a Palmetto Ridge team as well as some of the most elite private schools in the state is going to set them up real nice and hey another game that could have been a playoff game two very good teams that uh, we, we neglected last week Dunbar and Lehigh what are we Dun- doing man Dunbar they scored some points 33 Lehigh had 18. Any thoughts on that game and just what Dunbar has going into the playoffs? Yeah, Dunbar, I just I can't put my finger on him. I, the last time I saw Dunbar, they got shut out 17-0 by North Fort Myers. But they're a great team. I, they put up 33 points on a very good Lehigh defense. And Greg Thomas, their stud on the outside, he is just incredible. I, I think he's going to be an all-area first-team wide receiver. I mean – he just makes plays like he breaks tackles he's got elite speed i mean some college really needs to pick this kid up and he did it against a number of d1 players out there against lehigh yeah um dunbar this is a great game for them playing a team like lehigh with tons of athletes tons of speed because in the first round of the playoffs on friday they welcome miami bell and jesuit who maybe is not as fierce and as good as they have been in the past but Obviously, they're going to have come in with a ton of talent. A private school coming from the Miami area, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough road to hoe for the Tigers. But then you have Lehigh, who plays, goes up to Sarasota, who's a pretty mediocre team up there. I think yeah. Lehigh, Lehigh, I think they can get a, one of their first playoff wins in quite some time. They can. We'll make picks later, but if they do, we all know what's happening in the second round. Yeah, it doesn't matter, though. you got to get a win this week. That's though. right. Lehigh would host St. Thomas Aquinas in the second round. That's why I said that. So... Two games that I took special interest in that were very fun to follow, looking at uh, the Twitter feeds of our reporters, Baron Collier, 53, Laley, 52, and Fort Myers, 48, Riverdale, 40. Again, final week of the regular season, maybe teams are resting their defenders. Maybe they only played 10 defenders uh, just to, to take it easy out there, but man, tons and tons of points. Yeah, I just think they just said defense was optional, and everybody opted out of playing defense this week, and that was especially true in Baron Collier's 53-52 to 52 win, 105 points, really? Yeah, I don't have the uh, total amount of yards here, um, but I know it was just it, it, it and it was very back and forth. Baron Collier scored on a touchdown pass with 11 seconds left, and the extra point gave him the victory after Laley had missed an extra point a few minutes before. Looks like uh, the teams combined for well, not a ton of yards, you know, like 800 yards. I thought it was going to be like a thousand or twelve hundred or oh, something. Dude, only only eight, <laughs> only eight hundred yards and 105 points. And... Huge shout out to Sergio Morency, the uh, receiver. 
the speedy receiver for Laley. Five touchdown receptions, one touchdown run, six touchdowns. Incredible. Yeah, and then we had an interesting score, which I don't think either of us would have predicted. Fort Myers beats Riverdale 48-40. to I mean, I don't think we had that one being close, Fisher. Are, nope. you, are you concerned about the green wave going down to Baron Collier after giving up 40 points to Riverdale? A little bit. I think the game got a lot closer in the final five minutes. You know, Fort Myers was up, what, three touchdowns. Riverdale comes and scores two touchdowns in the final five minutes. But, yeah, that, that's that's not a good sign for either of these teams that play each other. Baron Collier plays Fort Myers this week. Both teams giving up a ton of points to offenses that weren't great, and those offenses are good. So, man, we could see another huge shootout. I think for Riverdale, this was their Super Bowl. They play Venice in the first round the playing game this week and you know that's going to be a loss but they brought it all to Fort Myers Billy Donahue is a player we haven't talked about on the podcast really that much but he's a very one of the more underrated players in Lee County and he kind of carried that offense and Fort Myers they're usually very good against the run I don't understand this Final week of the regular season, you know, they already know their playoff opponent, and uh, maybe that plays into it, so we'll cut them some slack. So let's get into these playoffs, but first we're going to take a break. When you come back, Adam Regan and I are going to break down every playoff game in Southwest Florida this Friday. Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at NaplesNews.com news-press.com and by downloading the Naples Daily News and the News Press apps onto your mobile device. And welcome back to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast and we're going to discuss some playoff games. We don't have much time so we're going to get right into it. Fisher, I think hands down the top playoff game in Class 6A for amongst our Southwest Florida teams is the rematch from 2018, North Fort Myers at Naples, an undefeated North Fort Myers team against the Naples team that has won, what, five in a row, six in a row since getting shut out yes. by Palmetto Ridge? Naples lost their first game, um, and it was not it was not pretty. Lost 38 to nothing. They've come back, and they've won the games. They were favored to win 5-0. However, something we should point out, Naples has not played a football game in three weeks I know where they've been because I saw Rick Martin and his staff okay. at Nor- at uh, North Fort Myers games. Well, that makes sense. That gives them a little extra time to uh, to do some scouting. But Naples' regular season finale canceled when uh, Golden Gate had some COVID cases. And then they had a scheduled bye for the uh, final week of the regular season. So Naples, a team that really needs reps anyways. I talked to Coach Rick Martin about that as they started winning games. I said, you know, was that first week kind of an anomaly just because the kids are so young, haven't played together? He said, yeah, we're, we're definitely a team that needs reps. So if you've gone three weeks without playing for a team that was struggling anyways with ball security and, and little mistakes like that, I don't know, man. That's got to favor the Red Knights. What I think doesn't favor the Red Knights is a lack of a passing game. The defense is unquestionably great, and Naples always has a great defense too, so that'll be a interesting matchup but i think north fort myers as coach Dwayne mack told me is gonna have to find a way to throw the ball i think naples is most vulnerable when you can throw the ball on them and north fort myers hasn't been doing a lot of that this season however Dwayne mack told me we're gonna find ways to do it so i think that 
if we were attending practices this week, if we were allowed to, I think North Fort Myers practices would be the most interesting ones to attend, see how they get the ball up there. Tavin Ward is the quarterback at North Fort Myers, and he has been great all season long with his legs making plays happen. He's going to have to complete some big passes. They've got some capable receivers over at North Fort Myers. I think they can do it. But we'll see how Naples reacts. Naples reacts to watching a ton of North Fort Myers film where Tavin Ward's running the ball, Brett Reed's running the ball, and then we don't see any passing down the field, and maybe North Fort Myers is going to throw the ball down the field. And Naples' offense, who is, is traditionally tough to stop, has struggled against good defenses. We saw them score zero against Palmetto Ridge. They scored 16 against Laley. They have a trouble hanging on to the ball this year, so Fort Myers can get in there and uh, for some turnovers, that is going to be very well for them. I do want to tell you, since 2001, the Naples Eagles, Golden Eagles, are 16-1 and in the first round of the playoffs. The one loss is when they were ranked uh, number one in the state. They lost at home at Staver Field. Other than that, they've won every game at home. They've, they've played, um, what, 10 in a row, I believe. So... Like you said, it's tough to go down to Staver Field and win. Oh, and North Fort Myers knows that firsthand. In 2018, uh, they had a great team with our player of the year, Shamari Mason, at running back and a pretty good offense. They got beat 23-0, I believe it was. Yes, that's Uh, right. And wasn't the last time... North Fort Myers was undefeated. They lost in the first round of the playoffs. Am I correct with that? No, that's not correct, actually. North Fort Myers, they went undefeated in 2017 under Ernest Graham, and they lost in the second Second round round. in the best game that I've ever covered, a 7-6 loss to Fort Myers where Ernest Graham decided to go for two, and Fort Myers stopped them cold. Speaking of Fort Myers... You've got a Fort Myers team that just gave up 40 points to Riverdale, going down to Baron Collier, who just scored 53 hmm. points against Laley. I know Fort Myers fans, they've been giving me grief about you know saying that Baron Collier has a decent shot in this game, not playing at Edison Stadium. And I mentioned that Staverfield is the death star uh, down in Collier County. Well, Edison Stadium is definitely the death star up in Lee County. But Fort Myers is not playing there, so kind of a different ballgame. And we don't know what uh, Cougar Stadium, Baron Collier's field, is like in the playoffs because we haven't seen it. Baron Collier has (laughs) not hosted a playoff game since 2009. They have played Fort Myers twice in the past couple years, and that was at Fort Myers. Like you said, at Edison Stadium, Fort Myers won pretty handily. Wasn't Uh, close, yeah. You know, the key, like you said, for Baron Collier is, is their passing game. They put up big numbers against Laley. Junior quarterback Dylan McNamara. 1,500 yards passing. That's an abbreviated season. That's in seven games, 12 touchdowns, six interceptions. Not a ton running the ball for Baron Collier. They do have Tyler Echeverry, Chris Crouch, who kind of split carries there. But, yeah, their defense has had trouble slowing teams down. And Laley is not a particularly great offense that Baron Collier just gave up 52 points to. So what can Fort Myers do? I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout, too. I think Baron Collier is going to expect that wing T rushing attack from Fort Myers, which they're going to give them. But I also think you're going to see some passing game. Carter Lane's been back, and he's been very good. I mean, throwing touchdown passes down the field to Jorio Washington, who is a great two-way player. I think Baron Collier, if they make mistakes in this one, they're in a lot of trouble because Fort Myers loves to make teams play pay for turnovers. So uh, I guess that's kind of a warning to Dylan McNamara. Uh, and their running backs, you know, you hold on to the ball, protect it, and you'll be in this game in the fourth quarter with a chance to beat Fort Myers at home. We have another Collier Lee showdown in Collier County. Ida Baker at Laley. 
Going to be a really good game. Unfortunately, the winner of this gets to go over to Miami Central in the next round, which is always tough. But you know what? Hey, let, let's talk about it now. We mentioned this before the podcast. I said I got a hot take. I think this might be the year that one of our local teams gets out of this region. Not because Central is not good, but just because of the craziness of the season that is. Central has only played three games. Like Naples, they've been off for three weeks because their two teams had to uh, what, what, forfeit. forfeit. Immokalee and Archbishop McCarthy both far forfeited. So they've only played three games. And then also... Six let's, quarters, I believe, they've only played, actually. Wow, really? Um, and let's talk about it. They're in Miami-Dade County, which is the hot spot for coronavirus in America. Say what you will about it, you know, whatever you think about it. If someone on your team gets it, you, you have to quarantine. You know, Miami-Dade school systems has been very careful when concerning the virus. They didn't start regular season games until late October. So 4,000 new cases a day in, in Dade County for the past few past week. So... It could get uglier, and Miami Central may not be able to play, which would, you know, behoove the teams here. I don't think anybody's rooting for that, though. I think if you want to win a state championship in 6A, you need to go through Miami Central. And speaking of Ida Baker Laley, I know we talked a lot about Laley scoring what, 52 points against Baron Collier and all the firepower they have down there. Let's talk about Ida Baker, who has turned turned in a pretty good season under Coach Chuck Fawcett in his second season. They're making their first playoff appearance since 2014, I believe. And I think the other playoff appearance was in 2013. So this is a big deal for Ida Baker. They've got a very good defense. They've got great defensive backs, which could be interesting against a lately team who likes to throw the ball and hit the big plays. That's a, you know, those two butt heads there. I think the key is going to be Ida Baker offensively and what they can do. And if they can hang with Laley's firepower. Yeah. Laley has athletes, but they haven't had a ton of firepower recently. We saw him score just six points against Naples. Well, okay. Outside of this game. Yeah. But recency bias, that's been the bugaboo. For you, the recency bias that they scored 52 points in one yeah. game, but they probably had 52 points the past three games before that. They're, it's, they're, they're hitting their peak right now. They have not been able to throw the ball a lot. Yeah, the two games before that, they combined to score six points. So it has been a struggle at times. As you said, if the defensive backs of Baker can force them into passing or to not complete passes, then Laley's going to be in trouble. So what do you want to talk about next? Island Coast, South Fort Myers? I think we do need to talk about that one. Island Coast gets a big playoff win, their first playoff win in a while, and they get it 36-6 to over Golden Gate, and they get South Fort Myers coming off a 63 to nothing win over Estero, which I didn't think they'd put up 63 points, but I thought that they'd handle Estero this is interesting. Someone, you know, someone's going to move on to play either Dunbar or Bell and Jesuit. I don't think we had South Fort Myers or Island Coast winning a playoff game this year before the FHSA kind of had to rework the playoff system and put everybody in the playoffs. So in these two teams just played a few weeks ago, it was October 16th, so roughly a month ago, and South Fort Myers won 21-14, to so a close game. Island Coast, a team that we've uh, kind of been on all year. Like you said, we didn't know that they could win a playoff game. But I think they got a shot to win another one. Yeah, I think this one's going to be really close, just like the last one. Elgin Hicks has done a great job yes. at Island Coast. He's coming from Charlotte High, where they really know how to win playoff games. And now Island Coast is winning playoff games. And another great coach in Lee County. We've had an influx of new coaches over the last couple of years. And Willis May coming over from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, and he's done a great job. He got him into the playoffs last year, and now he's got them in a winnable playoff situation. And I think it all, it's all going to come down to South Fort Myers 
and their offense. How many points are they going to put up? Are they going to are they going to pour it on them, or is Island Coast and their athletes going to be able to hold them at bay? And Nathan Caster for South Fort Myers ran for 120 yards and a touchdown in that regular season game against Island Coast. So definitely look to him, slow him down. So we, we talked about teams that got a tough draw in Palmetto Ridge. According to Coach Chris Token, has to play the best team in Charlotte County this week. Port Charlotte coming in at Five and three, a team that has made a bunch of playoff appearances under Coach Jordan Ingman. Although the last time they came to Collier County, man, it was the loss to Naples, where they led seven to nothing with like a minute left and ended up losing thirteen to seven. It was an amazing game. And I know Chris Token, and he likes to call his next appointment the best team in their county. But I know he has a lot to do. But does he really pay attention to who the best team in every county is? Because Port Charlotte lost to charlotte 31 31 to 28 and if he doesn't play the best team in charlotte county this week he's gonna play him next week because charlotte's gonna be easily hey and also interesting here i mean you look at port charlotte's five wins one's against DeSoto county not very good one's against the sarasota team it's not great that the lehigh is playing this week and then you know they're five and five that sarasota team lost to miami palmetto very good team but then pa- South- no palmetto palmetto who's also very good by the way Yes. Up in Manatee um, they, be, they beat Mariner, who's not great. And then Southeast is not what Southeast has been in past, who Port Charlotte also beat. So um, They lost to Miami Carroll City, 32-14. to 14. I'm good with them. I mean, I think that's close enough spread against Miami, Miami Carroll yeah, City. Yeah, no, no shame in that for sure. But I will say, I mean, Palmetto Ridge, very focused. They are not content with a undefeated regular season. You know, last week after the win, the huge win – over Bishop Vareau, you know, Coach Chris Token and said, hey, no one remembers an undefeated regular season if you lose in the, in the first round of the playoffs. They are focused. They know what they want to accomplish. And it's going to be tough. Even if they win this week, they do have to play Charlotte next week. Yes, I'm saying Charlotte will be Eastley. I'm putting them ahead in the bracket. But they are very focused. They're not taking this lightly. And we're going to get to 7A right now. we got two games involving Southwest Florida teams. you got Gulf Coast and Homestead. Fisher, when is the last time Gulf Coast won a playoff game? Never. Golf Coast has never won a playoff game. About five or six appearances. I know that they have hosted playoff games when they won a couple district championships under Pete Fomanaya. So they are excited to be back at home, and they have played well. Last time they were at home, they played Palmetto Ridge and lost by four touchdowns, but really moved the ball well. They had some uh, inconvenient turnovers. And Coach Todd Nichols even said, if we didn't kill ourselves in certain opportune moments, it would be a close game. So if Connor Barrett can complete some passes, again, they're playing Homestead, who's 1-2. and two. They've only played three games because they are in the Miami area. We're not allowed to start until October 26th. So who knows what's going to happen with a team that really hasn't played much this I year. Connor Barrett's comp- completed a lot of passes this season. A lot of them have gone to that one guy, right? That one guy, yes, Carson Vetter, who I believe has 10 touchdown passes. Connor Barrett has 13 touchdown passes. That's 13 completions right there. Against three interceptions. And the past four games, Barrett has 10 touchdown passes. So he's really season. Tremendous season by he's the He's found sophomore. his groove for yes. sure. We're going to go up to Sarasota County where Lehigh has to travel, Fisher. I know how you feel about that. I, I do it's not, not like it's it. It's not two hours, though. Right, not too far because you're coming from Lee County and then uh, – down to or up to Sarasota. Sarasota, just Sarasota High School, is five and five. They had a losing record early. They've strung together a couple wins here towards the end. I gotta think Lehigh is favored, but it, it it's not gonna be as easy as you would think. At least we thought earlier in the year. I think Lehigh is one of the really toughest teams to put your finger on. They've got so much talent, like they do every year. But I think this year it's just 
just busting out the seams with talent and they've had a rough go of it in big games i mean they lost to fort myers 31 21 they got shut out by naples 39 nothing they lost to charlotte in a close game but that feels like so long ago fisher it sure does i barely barely remember it and they lose to dunbar last week 33 to 18 i mean they're looking for that signature win on the season because the one they've got right now is a 35 to 7 win over cypress lake but a first round playoff game i think would do the trick right there Hey, can we talk about the game of the year? And I legit think this is going to be a close game. Cape Coral at Astero. That's going to be fun. Oh, we're going to move to 5A now. 5A. Yes. We, we, we hit all our 7A schools in 5A. Cape Coral at Astero. Two teams with a combined three wins. And Cape Coral had zero until last week. They beat, a, what was it, East Lee, a winless East Lee. And one of them gets to move on in the playoffs. Could be a good one. It was, it was a good one when they played on October 16th, I believe it was. I believe that... Uh, Estero really stole a victory there, and I and that those are not my words; those are Estero coaches Darren Nelson's words. He said Cape Coral probably should have beat us in that one, but we found a way to win this one, and they're pretty ticked right now. Uh, Cape Coral, uh, they got their first win of the season, and they're looking for their second, which would be a playoff win, which would be the first playoff win in almost a decade now. So. Estero kind of in the same boat their last playoff appearances was 2015 I believe and I don't believe they've won a playoff game this decade so one's gonna win and I think this is gonna be a pretty close one I don't know where I'm leaning on this one I think Darren Nelson's building the program he's a very good coach and Dale Moore still trying to build that Cape Coral program I think this is a good stepping stone for the team that comes out victorious in this one Yeah, I don't know which way to go either. However, I will tell you, we're going to have to pick one here in the next segment. When we come back, we were going to pick all of these playoff games in addition to the ones we haven't talked about yet. So come back to hear who we think is going to win. After the games each week, go to NaplesNews.com, News-Press.com, or our apps on your mobile device for photos, videos, and analysis from games throughout Southwest Florida. Hello, hello. Welcome back into our picks segment where we make predictions for the big games of the week. And let's look at last week first. Adam Regan, I must pat you on the back, my friend, because once again, you had a stellar week. You went 8-0. and Of course, two of our games were canceled. We only differed on one, so I went 7-1. and That's respectable, but I still dropped a game to you. You picked Palm Bay over Mariner. I picked Mariner to win. I was incorrect. So, Regan, you are on fire right now. You cannot be stopped. As we talked about, the first few weeks, you were on fire, 28-4, and four, very good. Then you stumbled a little bit, kind of mid-season, you hit the mid-season lulls. You were 13-7 and seven in weeks 5 and 6. But my friend, the past four weeks, are you ready for this? I am. The past four weeks, you are 33-2, and two, a 94.3 winning percentage. You have opened up a six-game lead on me. You are 74 and 13 on the season. I am 68 and 19, which again, I will tell you is respectable at the 78% winning percentage. I just, uh, I, I can't keep up with you, man. Nope. nope. But uh, we're going to have a lot of playoff games. So you have a lot of You're chances right. to catch up. That That's the nice thing. Normally in the playoffs, I don't get too much of a chance because you don't have as many teams, but now everyone's in the playoffs and let's get to it. We're going to go in size order. We'll start with the biggest classes, move down to the smallest classes. 7A, we broke these down earlier. Homestead at Gulf Coast. Do you think the Sharks can win? 
I do think the Sharks can win this one, but I'm not really sure who I'm picking on this one. I don't know anything about Homestead. I know they're from Miami-Dade County, which you know gives them instant credibility, but they've only played three games this season, right? Yep. So I'm going to go with Connor Barrett and Golf Coast. Are you going to go opposite of me? I'm not because I truly think Golf Coast is going to win this. And uh, I don't have the bracket in front of me, but I feel like their second game is going to be winnable as well. So Golf Coast, put a, put a little run on. So Lehigh going up to Sarasota. Lehigh just took a loss in their final regular season game. Sarasota 5-5. Five and five. Lehigh has to hit the road. What are you thinking? Fisher, how many games have I lost this season in the picks? In the picks, total, 13. How many of those would you think were when I picked Lehigh and I shouldn't have picked Lehigh? Maybe three. I mean, not that it, many. I know. mean, a good chunk of it, though. Yeah, it's a good percentage. So, That being said, I'm going Lehigh to go up to Sarasota and take care of business and set up that primetime matchup with National Powerhouse St. Thomas Aquinas. And I agree. I'll take Lehigh, although I think it will be a pretty close, enjoyable game. Let's go down to 6A, Island Coast at South Fort Myers, a rematch of the regular season, which South won by a touchdown. Do they do it again? I think they do. I think that this is going to be a tremendous win for the South Fort Myers program. I know Island Coast, you know, they're building or whatever, but a playoff win is a playoff win, and I think Willis May and those guys are going to get it. Nathan Caster is going to have a huge game, and they're going to move on. Agreed, but props to Island Coast. We, we like what you've been doing all season. We've uh, given you credit. Southwell Myers, I think, yeah, playing at home, they're going to win. Dunbar, a team we talked about earlier, hosting another school that's hosting a uh, Miami area power, a private school, so you know they got a little bit more talent than others. Dunbar hosting Miami Bell and Jesuit. Je- Jesuit is 3-3. Three and three. What do you think, man? This is a tough game. I think Dunbar uh, has a big advantage playing at home. Bell and Jesuit has to come across the alley over here. What do you think? I think Bell and Jesuits played a decently tough schedule. I'm just I'm not impressed at all with wins over LaSalle and St. Brendan. They beat Archbishop McCarthy 45 to nothing, but Archbishop McCarthy probably affected this this year and had to forfeit their game at Miami Central. I don't see anything really that I like about Bell and Jesuit. So I'm gonna go with Dunbar. Does that make me a homer that I keep taking the area teams against? The rest of the state? No, I don't think so. And I agree with your logic, and I agree with everything you said. But again, man, I got to make up some games. I think so this I, is a good one too, because I think it'll be close. And as you said, even though they may not have a signature win, Bell and Jesuit is that private school from Miami. Dunbar has struggled sometimes in some big moments. So I'm going to take Miami Bell and Jesuit. Port Charlotte coming down to Collier County, playing at Palmetto Ridge, undefeated Palmetto Ridge. But as Chris Tokenen said, no one remembers an undefeated season if you lose in the first round of the playoffs. Adam Regan, will people remember this undefeated season? Yeah, I think Port Charlotte has got a playoff win in them this year. And I think, like as I said, I think it's an easier road than those teams on the bottom of the bracket because Miami Central isn't in that bracket. But Palmetto Ridge is probably going to have to run through the best teams in Charlotte County to get to a regional semifinal. So I'm going to take Palmetto Ridge over Port Charlotte and get it started. And they'll play Charlotte next week. You know, interesting, Port Charlotte has really kind of turned around under Coach Jordan Ingman. They're 63-24 and 24 the last eight seasons. However, they've been a little snake-bitten in the playoffs. They only have four playoff wins in that time and only two in the past five seasons. Again, they lost in the first round at Naples a few years ago in a stunning, just a crazy game. You love talking about that game. Yeah, it was just the best finish I've ever seen. I was I was lucky enough to be at that game, and it was phenomenal. But Palmetto Ridge is just rolling, man. If they can just not do dumb things like they did last time, drop a fumble, throw an interception in the first quarter on your end of the field, 
They're going to be fine. I'm also taking the Bears for their first ever playoff win, by the way. Great. Ida Baker at Laley. Ooh, this is another game we could split on. We might have to go county lines on this because you're probably leaning towards the Bulldogs. Am I correct? I'm not leaning towards the Bulldogs. Okay. I think Laley wins. Oh, wait. Laley is your team, though. That, that's your snake. Bit. I think, they, yes, they, I've been snake bitten with Laley taking them, but I think that Laley's going to win this ball game at home. I'm going to flip flop on you. I'm going to go the opposite. I yeah. will take Ida Baker. Just because I think they got a little bit more firepower. Lately, has struggled at times on offense, you know, notwithstanding what they did last week. One of the big ones, Fort Myers at Baron Collier. I think it's going to be a shootout. What do you think? I think it will be, too. I think this is going to be a long game for whoever's covering this one. Yeah, like last week, poor Greg Hardwick didn't get done until like midnight. Just because there's so many points scored and the clock stops. and yeah. I've, but I've got Fort Myers in this one. I, I trust that Sam Sirianni Jr. is going to identify what they need to take care of on defense against Baron Collier, and that's probably Dylan McNamara. I'm trying to upset the apple cart a little with him and not give him you know, too much time to throw the ball downfield. Baron Collier is 5-2 and two on the season, but I think Fort Myers has played the tougher schedule. The tougher teams are in Lee County this year, I believe, as a whole overall. So I also am taking the Greenies. North Fort Myers at Naples. Ooh, is this another game we, uh, we split along county lines? No, I'm taking Naples at this one at Staverfield. I got a hot take for you, my friend. I want to hear the hot take. I think North wins. Well, first of all, let me say, you know I'm a homer. I put that out there. I always pick the Naples team. Um, well, never. So my, my fans will listen to me. I think North wins, and I don't think it's going to be close. I think they win this one really? comfortably. Now, it may not be a blowout score, but I think they'll be in control. I just Naples is just young. They haven't played in so long. They drop the football. Just I think I think that North defense gets it done. Well, North Fort Myers, their coaching staff loves to tell me when I'm wrong. So this would be the ultimate right here. If they go down to Naples and they win, and I have picked Naples, but I'm going to go with Rick Martin and the Golden Eagles. Well, I also am not covering this game, so I don't have to hear it from the Golden Eagles. I will be. Line. I'm going to hear it no matter what anyway. So Shout out to my boy Cliff Greer, co-defensive coordinator at Naples. He always listens and uh, gives us his thoughts, so shouts to him. So let's move down to 5A, Cape Coral at Estero, a team that one of them is going to move on in the playoffs. Who's it going to be? Why do I, you're making me pick first, everyone, so you can go opposite. Well, I will tell you that I, I think you'll pick Estero, so it makes me want to pick Cape Coral. However, I just I, I can't pick Cape Coral anymore. They're that team that's uh, kind of busted me in the butt like you've uh, gotten bitten by lately. So I will go first. I will take Estero. I'm going to take Estero, too, and it's for no good reason other than I'm not sure in this game, and I'm, I'm not super confident in Cape Coral. I think they can win this game. But I don't want to take a chance here on a st- on Cape Coral, so I'm going to go with Estero. Also in 5A, a team we haven't talked about much uh, recently, K- Cypress Lake hits the road. They go up to Sarasota Booker. Sarasota Booker not having a great year. They are 1-7. Cypress Lake lost last week, but I thought played pretty well against North Fort Myers. Do you think they can win on the road? Fun story here for you. Richie cool. Rode, the coach of Cypress Lake High School, played at Cypress Lake and as a junior, when they won their last district championship, they went up to Sarasota Booker for a playoff game and lost. It was their best chance mm. to ever win a playoff game in school history because they have never won, I believe. So I'm going to take Cypress Lake to win their first playoff game, we think. Sarasota Booker, 1-7. They're giving up 30 points a game, and we know Cypress Lake can score behind uh, J.D. Sherrod at quarterback. I, too, am taking the Panthers to win their very first playoff game. It's a tough one. One again, we haven't mentioned much. Bishop Rowe at Tampa Berkeley Prep in Class Three A. You got to think Bishop Rowe's very, very tough regular season schedule prepares them to go on the road. You know, I don't like big road trips. This is over two hours. 
It's going to be tough, man, but Coach John Mooring is excited to hit the road. He thinks his team plays better on the road. They are coming off a heartbreaking loss at Palmetto Ridge, but one that doesn't uh, affect uh, any of your playoff standing. So what do you say, Adam Regan? This is a Bishop Burrow team who has some pretty good playoff pedigree over the last two years. They've made back-to-back regional finals, and they want to take that next step towards the state semifinal. And I think if they beat Berkeley Prep here, the bracket kind of opens up for them. And I think that they're going to do it on the road. I think it's going to be a nice bus trip back from Tampa. Man, I tell you what, just Tampa obviously is not Miami, but it is the big city. It does have the, uh, the hotbed of talent. It is a private school. Berkeley Prep is 8-2. and two. The only losses to Clearwater Central Catholic. Who and is down this year, by the way? CCC. Victory Christian, I don't know much about them. Um, you know what, I, I'm going to take Berkeley Prep. Sorry to make uh, you know the Vikings listeners oh, they'll love that. that. They will, but on the road, I don't like those long road trips, and this is a very good team. So I'll take Berkeley Prep. All right, let's finish up in Class 2A Community School at SFCA. That is a rematch of a Week 1 game, the very first game of the season, which CSN won 49-20. SFCA had a COVID outbreak amongst our COVID case amongst one of their athletes. They had to shut down. They missed two weeks. They played Northside Christian on October 30th, and then their regular season finale was canceled when Newman had some COVID cases. So, the Kings have only played one game in the past, what, five, six weeks? That doesn't bode well, especially against a community school team that can put up some points. What a great season for CSN this year, and it would be really nice if they could uh, you know, put a playoff win up in there. And SFCA, they've never won a playoff game. They've made two playoff appearances. Has community school won a playoff game? In their I don't believe they've yet? won an FHSAA uh, playoff an FHS- game. That's they, what I'm talking about. When they were so, independent, they went to the finals of a uh, you know the their Sunshine League or whatever it was. But I, I don't believe they've won an FHSAA playoff game. Well, I think that I think that they are going to win their first FHSAA playoff game. So I will take community school. Yes, sir. I'm going to agree. And let's finish up one more. First Baptist, wonderful regular season, 7-1, and one, only loss out of state, run through the teams down here. Their reward is a home game, which is nice, but against Champing, not Catholic. Won two state championships in the past three years. They're 6-2 and two this year, so not undefeated, but their losses to Chaminade Madonna, who we know is very, very good, and True Prep Academy, who I'm going to assume is good just because they beat Champing, not Catholic. And First Baptist still fairly young. They, they did get a playoff game last year. Unfortunately, they lost at home last year in the first round. Is it two years in a row that the Lions lose at home? I believe that's going to happen. Chaplain Catholic coming off a 65-7 win over Glades Day to start the postseason. And First Baptist played Glades Day right a couple weeks ago, but did not have quarterback Rich Mellion, right? Right. They won in uh, Bell Glade. And they nine, had a nine to, to three it. or something? Yeah, nine to six, nine I to think six. it was. No, First Baptist playing great. It just stinks that this blind draw, they get kind of they get kind of... Hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna be the best team in the state, you're gonna have to beat the best teams in the state eventually. So why not get it out of the way right, right away? But I am not that confident that FBA will do that. So I'm gonna take Champagnat Catholic. Yes, sir. I am also taking Champagnat Catholic. So we actually picked 13 games, guys. I don't know if you noticed. Adam Regan and I differed on four. Will that six game lead Adam Regan enjoys be down to two next week? <laughs> I don't know. We will not. see. So hey, guys. Again, tons of playoffs. We got tons of playoff coverage. All week, go to naplesnews.com slash sports, news-press.com slash sports. Check us out all week. We'll have live scoreboards on Friday nights and then uh, pictures and videos after the games on Fridays. We appreciate it, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. 
Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast will be available for download to get you ready for the coming week's games.